welcome back to the show. It's Evelyn, your host. And today I'm bringing you a conversation with my friend, Nick. And actually, this is my first international guest. Um, Nick is based in London and um, we connected, I think, towards the end of last year. And um, he gave me an astrology reading. So it was the very first reading that I've ever had. And his... um, his reading was incredibly accurate, but I wanted to bring him onto the show um, so that it's a new area you could explore if you're new. Um, if you're not new to astrology, then you will understand everything he's talking about. Uh, we explore in this episode how he arrived in astrology, a little bit about what astrology is, and we explore some of the things that he discovered in my birth chart. And he is uh, studying uh, Vedic astrology. And there's two different camps of astrology. I've only learned this in the last year. There's a Western astrology and an Eastern, which is the Vedic. I think I'm saying that correctly. I'm still a total newbie to the astrology realm, but um, this episode is lots of fun. Nick is an excellent teacher, so I'm excited for you to get to meet him. Let's hop in. Well, thanks so much for being here, Nick. I'm so thrilled to have you. And remind me too, you're in London, right? That is right. Yeah, uh, just south of London in a little place called uh, Red Hill in Surrey. Uh, is it beautiful there? It sounds beautiful. It's, uh, well, it, makes <laughs> it sounds more beautiful than it is, to be honest. Um, but we're, it's, it's kind of um, city vibes, you know. We're um, thinking of moving out to Gloucestershire, which is a bit more rural in the near future and it's a bit cheaper out there as well because it's not so close to London okay amazing well I want you to introduce yourself tell everyone here kind of what you do in the world and what you're working on and then we'll hop right in yeah cool well uh, I'm Nick as you said and um, I uh, primarily really am a meditation teacher I I had a meditation website for like four years I'm a certified meditation teacher um but uh, something about it just wasn't quite feeling uh, right. Um, and the, and it, it wasn't kind of um, going quite the way that I wanted it to, do, to go. I still meditate every, every day and I still um, have a deep connection with meditation, but um, just started to feel like something was missing. And then I, I had some astrology readings in my late twenties and um, I was interested in it immediately but um, it started to kind of grow um, and the interest, you know, my interest in astrology was almost more than my interest in meditation. Um, it, something about it, you know, the, how deep you can go in astrology and the insights that you get into your own path and into the paths of other people. It's like such a powerful tool. It's kind of like having a map, you know, it's like you're in this forest and someone says to you, you know, do you want a map because you're lost in the forest? And it's like, yeah, of course, of course I want a map because, um, you know, it's not so easy down here in this world to navigate your karma. And um, astrology gives us that, that, that power, uh, which is something incredible. I, I still think that yoga meditation is the main, you know, that's the, the greatest science. That's the greatest um, path in lots of ways because that's the way to, enlightenment really you know to self-realization but astrology is a as i said it's a map and it gives you the pathway so um yeah i just got into astrology and over time 
the uh, meditation teaching has kind of fallen away a little bit and uh, it was really difficult to kind of get clients and stuff you know because charging for meditation um, a lot of people don't see that as kind of there's a lot of free meditation stuff out there but astrology you know I don't even have a website or, or anything at the moment and uh, uh, clients just seem to be appearing you know they just sort of come out of nowhere without much effort so it's just unfolding a lot more naturally um with the astrology and uh, i'm just kind of letting letting that um be the way that i'm led you know mm, that's so amazing and i love too that you're following that intuition you're following that invitation in your spirit of like something deeper um and that it's working itself out for you i think that's really beautiful yeah and i was clinging you know i was clinging on to the meditation thing for a bit too long and it, it wasn't like i don't see that as like the divine will i see that as that's what i wanted you know i wanted to be this like meditation teacher that was something that was um me like acting upon the world and trying to impose my will and now it's more like i've kind of surrendered you know i've got myself a day job I'm working at that and I'm also just allowing the astrology readings to come when they come and there's no there's no pressure like there was with the meditation thing you know uh, mm -hmm. at that point I was really trying to make it work and trying to get a full-time salary and now I've just kind of taken the pressure off and as you said you know just uh, letting it letting it happen. Well I asked Nick to come onto the show because he actually did a reading for me a few months back and it was the first reading I've ever had and it was extremely accurate and astrology for me is still like a very mystical foreign kind of land so I'd love for you to explain too what astrology actually is um, maybe for the novice or beginner um, because I imagine there's still a lot of people who they know the word and have a basic concept but I love the idea of the blueprint and everything that you gave to me in, in my reading, which we'd never even met, but everything was so accurate. So if we can start there and then we'll just move through. Yeah. I've actually stopped doing that now because I made a video for you at the time, didn't I? But I've actually stopped doing that because it's actually, I've, I found it's much better to meet with someone and to kind of get feedback from them. And, you know, it's better for me because I learn more about their situation and, it, and it's better for them as well. Cause I can kind of get a bit more intuitive and instead of just kind of like making loads of predictions, just kind of like tuning into someone and figuring it out that way. Um, but um, what is astrology? Well, I mean, you know, a few thousand years ago, it was something that many civilizations discovered, let's say, at different points all around the world you know and um eventually it was something that was you know astrology is astro which is the cosmos and ology which is the study of right so it's the study of the cosmos and back then people didn't really study astronomy you know without studying astrology it was all together because everyone kind of knew that the planetary movements around the earth the what the, the moon's movement around the earth which is a very obvious one and you can feel that um uh, and then you know venus and, and all the other planets moving around the earth because we obviously that's not quite the way it is everything moves around the sun but from our perspective everything moves around the earth and so the ancients kind of knew that these giant um planetary energies you know these huge balls of like rock and gas they have this power um and they have 
different powers. They have this uh, energy which communicates different things to us um, and which has an effect on our daily life, you know, on, on all aspects of our daily life. Um, I love it in the autobiography of a yogi where Yogananda, um, this is Yogananda here behind me, obviously your viewers can't see him, but your listeners, um, but um, Yogananda expressed to his guru that he was a bit unsure about astrology. You know, he's like, well, I don't know if it's true and uh, if it's really helpful and I'm not sure if it really makes sense. And his guru said, well, um, luckily um, the laws of the universe don't depend on the sanction of human belief. The mm. laws of the universe don't depend upon the sanction of human belief. And that's fortunate, right? Because, um, you know, we don't want everyone to believe in astrology. It doesn't matter. You know, these laws, of, um, these laws impact us whether we believe in it or not. Um, it's not like if you don't believe in gravity, you're going to start floating around uh, the bedroom, you know. Um, so astrology is a very real science. Um, and, and as I said, it gives you a, a really good uh, insight into the sort of things that you might expect from this particular lifetime um, and it gives you a, a map of your journey what's your strengths you know what weaknesses do you have what sort of um, energies might be present at this particular time or that particular time mm. I love that I love that it doesn't depend on human knowledge like the wisdom of life that it doesn't it doesn't matter and that seems so like that's profound to consider mm. but beautiful because it's timeless you look at generations of study and science and we continue to build and evolve and change and learn things that we you know once we were putting like lead in plates you know <laughs> and we had no idea that the effect was there so I love to that picture of how the planets around us have an effect have a power that's really beautiful to consider yeah, and like I said, with the moon, you know, like that's something that a lot of people are aware of, you know, like the, the, the full moon is a, is a very different energy from like a new moon. Um, and there are certain uh, things that might happen, you know, like certain more um, chaotic energies or strange energies that might take place in a full moon. And um, it's connected with the, with the female cycle as well. And I think some women feel that. Um, and women are, are much more likely to um, connect with astrology because they're more intuitive. They're more um, able to kind of tune into um, those planetary energies and less rational because it's the rational scientific mind that says astrology is a pseudoscience. You know, it can't be real. It can't be proven, um, and, which I don't think I think it can be proven. And I think it probably will be uh, at some point in the future. Mm. I've never thought about that too, the feminine with intuition versus like the rational logic of the, more of the masculine, but that makes a lot of sense and um, how things play out and women being more receptive often to new ideas or breaking paradigms. Um, not to say that yeah. women can't, but that's no, of course, and, and it's a generalization, right? It's a bit, but it's also, um, women men and women do have slightly different um tendencies biologically and psychologically mm. and women tend to be um tend to be a bit stronger let's say in that more connected intuitive side than men yeah mm. 
Well, and going back to, to my own reading, you know, some of the things that you said, cause like you, you, you acknowledged too, it was a reading where we didn't even talk. I just gave you my birthday, um, my, the time of my birth and where I was born and what Nick was able to, he gave me like a 30 minute reading and what he was able to deduce, which he was very kind to, to say like, this could be the case or this could be the case. Um, but everything you said, Nick, was like accurate, right down to one of the things that stuck out to me the most is you pointed out that I might have a distance between me and my mother, whether that's physically or emotionally. And that's very true. Now, I love my mom. She was actually on my first you know, podcast episode. So any listeners who know my mom and who are a part of our relationship, like that's, um, you know, I want to be respectful of that. But we have had more distance in our own relationship. We're very different. And so there is a tension there. Um, and something else that you said too, was that, um, that right now would be more of a time to focus on myself because I tend to neglect my health, um, that I am a healer, but have neglected my own. And in a lot of ways that's been true. So over the last, which you don't even know this, but over the last couple of months, I've been, um, consciously trying to change the relationship with my body um and losing weight um because I've been overweight since I was about 10 or 11 and started to put that weight on so things like that and um you mentioned something too about um something about my mind like very much in my mind let's uh listen there's there's like a lot going on in my mind right now so I'll just kind of like uh let's go back to the first point which was about your um your mother yeah Um, the reason that I said that I'm looking at your chart right now and you have the planet it's the south node of the moon it's called K2 and that's in the fourth house of your chart and and it's in cancer and and the fourth house and cancer are both related to the mother so and K2 is to do with past lives right so it's almost like there's this past life connection with the mother but because Rahu, which is the north node of the moon, is opposite Ketu. You're more pulled in this life towards kind of or getting away from the home, getting away from the mother and um, moving more towards the world of action, your action in the world. What are you going to do in this world? And that's a big part of what you've kind of come here in this incarnation, in this life to, to achieve. But there's still that connection with the mother and maybe a sadness and and you know, um, the desire to connect possibly more than uh, you are you are kind of able to in this particular incarnation, because as I said, now it's like we're moving more towards the um, that 10th house, which represents career um, and, you know, fulfillment of, of duties and the things that we're going to be doing in this world. Yes, that's so accurate. And and even around that career note of, of all of that, that's very much been at the forefront of my mind since probably college, like almost like an obsession uh, mm. around vocation, around purpose. Yeah. And that's something that is really good, but it's also something to watch, right? Because um, we have to be, we have to be careful to get the right balance um, because if we go too far into Rahu, which you probably will, because Rahu does that, what you'll do is you'll, you'll neglect your own heart and your own happiness in pursuit of moving 
towards these goals. And so just taking a step back sometimes and allowing yourself to slow down a little bit, you know, because that tendency is to kind of move towards um, move towards your goals. So yeah, just that awareness of um, slowing down um, and not getting not getting too lost in the uh, in the achievement of, of goals. I was going to say actually also it just I, it was going through my mind, but um, Donald Trump has Rahu in the 10th house. Mm. Um, and that's a kind of, you know, not to say that you're gonna be like Donald Trump at all, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, that's a kind of real extreme version of Rahu in the 10th house. You know, if, you, if, if we're not careful with Rahu in the 10th, we'll be, you know, his desire for success is so strong. And I, I believe that that is connected with that fourth house of possibly relationship with the with mother. Um, for him and I think he had I think he had a troubled relationship with his with his mother um, so again it's just having that ability to slow down and realize to just also to just realize what you have done you know not always thinking about the next goal and the next goal but saying I've done this and that's amazing you know I've made this podcast I've done this I've done that and that's that's uh, I, I've achieved a lot you know and um, I suppose just being aware of that as well as having other goals to focus on because otherwise it's like it's not a, it's not enough I haven't done enough and it's that's never ending mm. that's interesting too because as you said that about Donald Trump I actually ordered a book I think that was written by a family member of his mm. and the book is titled too much and never enough mm. and I um, I relate to that like very much so like um, from even being a child feeling my like fear was being too much like having so much energy having so much um, and it took like a romantic relationship where I had um, one of my first like real romantic relationships where he, he said that he said yours too much and 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 actually was very healing for me because it was devastating to hear it something you fear but at the same time going like, that's probably true. Sometimes in our humanity, we are too much and it's okay. Like there's a lot of need and, and recognizing and balancing to what that looks like. But then the never enough piece, yes, that's wisdom too that I need to hear because I can be very focused on, okay, what's next instead of being present and being like, wow, this is, I'm doing what I set out to do. Um, and stopping to really appreciate that. Yeah, and seeing, saying that, you, you know, I've done a good job uh, so far and, and it, I can continue with that. Um, but you mentioned about the relationships as well. And uh, so did you mean that, like he said, like you were too much, like you were too intense kind of? I don't remember because it's a while back. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram or not. But no. that's one definitely a rabbit hole for you to consider. So his number, he's a um, he's a five, which is called the analyst or the observer. And I'm what they call an eight, which is called the challenger. And it's been said that Donald Trump might also be an eight um, as well. Um, but the fives feel like they have a set amount of energy per day 
And so they will, if they're unhealthy in themselves, they actually hoard their affection and their emotion um, in order to conserve energy. And that's the opposite of like how I live my life. (laughs) So it could have been a number of things that he was speaking to, but I don't really recall actually. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, just because you have, um, you have Venus in the eighth house in Scorpio. So that's kind of like relationships and Scorpio deals with this kind of intensity, you know, Scorpio deals with uh, intense things. Uh, So I was just wondering if that intensity was manifesting in relationships. Um, Venus can be an indicator of relationships and Jupiter as well. Um, So yeah, there is the indication there in your chart as well, you know. What do you mean by like intensity in relationships? Um, Well, um, I suppose just like being quite an intense person, you know, like uh, fiery, we could say. I wouldn't want to say like aggressive, but like uh, I'm both. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fiery, you know, possibly um, stuff like that. Maybe a little critical, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think I tend to be more critical of myself. Yeah. And I am of others. Yeah. I was going to say that as well because of the fact that so Mars is your ascendant lord because your first house is Aries and we talked about about Aries before we can do it again but uh yeah go for it your ascendant lord goes into the sixth house and the sixth house deals with kind of conflict and stuff and the first house is the self so again it's like this self this self-conflict or this um kind of um self-criticism as well and that's in Virgo again which is kind of a critical sign um so again just like that's something good to know isn't it like that it's something for us to overcome and that's the beauty of astrology it helps us to see tendencies that we might have which we need to overcome so now instead of just constantly criticizing oneself you can kind of step back and be you know again just realizing that that tendency isn't going to help and you know working on the mental chatter and so on in terms of Aries um I can't remember, you know, I did a lot of readings around the time that I did yours. I was doing those recordings and I can't remember exactly what I said, but I like to think of symbols in astrology and the symbol of Aries is the the ram or the goat. Um, did I mention that? I don't remember. I okay. keep oh, going. And I'll, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing, the interesting thing about rams or goats is, you know, you see them on these like mountains, right? And it's like, they're on this rock and it's like how did you get there you know how did you get up onto that rock and how how are you going to get down you know how how are you going to feed yourself they just get into these like crazy places right they have to like feed on little bits of grass in between rocks and stuff and that's kind of what the Aries is like you know they're very pioneering they want to do their own thing they want to go their own way and as they do that they can kind of like suffer in the meantime can't they they can like they'll go to the extremes like an an astrologer that i know and who who teaches me he's got like three planets in aries and as he was becoming an astrologer he um he kind of everyone kind of thought he was crazy because he's like he's going to be doing this astrology stuff and everyone's like well 
you know what what is this stuff and then he's living on nothing he's kind of quit all jobs he's just studying astrology all day living on like pot noodles um just living on the bare minimum because his vision is so intense you know he's got this like pioneering spirit he knows he can do it and he's not going to let anyone else's opinions kind of uh affect that so that's the kind of aries energy that i like to kind of think about you know that creative and they love to do new things um new adventurous things yes all of those things are true very true for me um what are those things then for you like that you um so for me i think it's it still relates to learning i still feel very so at my core there's this pull that there is something more I'm here to do. And so I think that I have been for a long time, like I would wake up in the middle of the night, even going like you have more to do. And, and I would be doing all of these new things. Like every time I feel a pull or a tug and jumping all in, um, but it was only recently that I finally gave myself permission to um, rest more, like rest mm. in that of going, you know, whether it's now or whether it's in five years or 10 years or 60 years, if I'm still alive, you know, that timeline isn't so much under my control, but I'm being a steward of the time that I have. And so either I can keep beating myself up for it and keep pushing myself to those limits, or I can enjoy where I am and still continue being more curious um, and letting that process evolve and be at peace, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And if you can do that, that's the perfect, that's the perfect way to go, isn't it? Well, I'm trying. So it's, I'm still, I'm finding a lot of resistance not resistance because I'm actively doing it, but even like yesterday, for example, feeling more spent emotionally or physically, but not having like a good reason for it. So feeling like I still need to push harder and going, no, like this, no, what you need is exactly the pace that you're at. And this is okay. And that's hard for me. <laughs> mm. um, and actually a lot of eights suffer, suffer from um, renal fa failure where they push their bodies too hard, um, where they don't rest enough. And so, um, and that's something I don't want to happen to me. And that was, again, something that you, you mentioned a lot of energy, maybe in the 10th house, I Sixth think. Sixth house, I think, probably, sixth. Sixth, which, yeah. I, is it like a house of healing and disease? Is that what it was? That's it, yeah, yeah, both. Yes, um, and so for me too, I think I've always been drawn towards bringing healing. Um, I think more mine has been like emotional suffering that I'm drawn to, as opposed to, um, like physical, not that to say that the emotional doesn't lead to physical because I've found through studying that it does your body keeps record of that trauma and usually will show up in different ways mm -hmm. um but I think it's been very like important for me to normalize struggle um and normalize the process of hard things 
that's very much been part of something I feel compelled to sit with people in. Yeah, and you know, this world is full of struggle and it's full of conflict. And, and um, you know, you're talking about that sixth house and the sixth house is Virgo. Um, and the symbol for Virgo, you know, going back to the symbolism is a mountain. And a mountain, if you think about the air, is very pure. And the, um, so it's a symbol of a, a, a young girl as well. Virgo is a young girl who kind of walks in the mountains, let's say. So again, the young girl is, is purity. So Virgos, and like you said, you have, um, you had lots of energy there. You've got your son there. You've got uh, your ascendant Lord Mars, which is a very important planet. And you've got Mercury there three out of seven you know main planets are there in in virgo so to me that says what are you here to do well you're here to find a way to purify yourself initially because the sixth house deals with conflict and struggle and suffering and and this world deals with conflict and struggle and suffering and you have three planets there so it's like you're here to kind of overcome your own um, conflicts and demons and then through that leads to the higher expression of the sixth house which is purifying other people healing other people helping other people you know helping other people to overcome difficulties and purifying their consciousness you know um, I don't know loads about what you do but I do know that you work on uh, helping people with their mindset and how huge is that you know that is so huge because our mindset is what holds all of us back. You know, we don't have enough self-belief. Um, most people just think, you know, I just have to get a job and do this and, you know, just kind of get along in the world without ever really expressing who I am. And that's not you because you're an Aries rising. You need to express who you are. You need to lead the way and show people that, you know, they can be free from those mental blocks and challenges um so yeah that's that's the sixth house and that's virgo for you and the, those those two energies are very important for you you know you could look in a bit more to virgo and the symbolism there yeah well and that resonates a lot for me too because um as of late too i've been speaking um or i guess noticing more around some of my own um leanings or patterns or inclinations and one of the things that I am passionate about is that people would feel expanded and fully expressed. And I can't stand it when people feel trapped or trapped in judgment or other people's beliefs. Like when people get stuck around like, well, what will other people think? And I can't like, I can't leave it alone. Like, I'm like, let's have a conversation about this because this is so important. So that's so interesting too that um that energy is there yeah 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 and because it's mars mars is the fighter isn't it mars that's that mars energy that makes it impossible for you to like not say something <laughs> mars is that fiery energy um to to do you know to do just that um but another thing you mentioned was about your career and kind of letting it unfold and and not worrying too much about the time scales and stuff and um I think that's very wise and especially for you is because you've got Saturn ruling the 10th house. The 10th house is, you know, is about career and fulfillment, as we said, 
Rahu is placed there, Saturn rules it. <clears throat> Saturn is the slowest moving planet. Saturn takes a long time to get shit done, you know, it, take, it takes time. Um, so you're an Aries ascendant, so you want to get stuff done. You want to do stuff, and that's frustrating for you because the, uh, the 10th house is ruled by Saturn. So your actions in the world are somewhat delayed, and your ability to profit and make, make a decent living from that is probably going to come a little bit later in life, you know. Um, Rahu in the 10th house, the 10th house is called an Upachaya house. It's a house of growth, one that grows over time. And it's very well placed there, by the way. You know, like I said, Donald Trump and, and so on. Uh, in terms of worldly success, it, it can be pretty good. Um, so it, it's just that it, it doesn't happen early. It doesn't happen early on, especially when it's in Capricorn, which is a sign which just... Um, you know, it's very slow. Uh, Capricorn is the, the sign that's ruled by Saturn. So things just take a little bit longer when, uh, when they're in Capricorn, you know? Yes. No, I feel that struggle. Like that is a, <laughs> that is an accurate, like depiction of that internal struggle. Like most of my strife has been caused by that desire for action and not seeing the fruits of that come to fruition. Yeah, and I have something similar, to be, to be honest. Um, I have four planets in the 10th house, including the sun. It's a bit like your sixth house, but I've got Venus there as well. Um, so I've got this really burning desire to kind of do and act in the world and like serve ultimately to help people and serve people. And it's like, why can't I just help people? You know, like how, uh, how hard is it? Um, but then I also have a Saturn aspect. Saturn looks at the... Uh, 10th house each planet has aspects so it kind of casts its light into other houses and Saturn looks at that um, and so again it slows things down um, and it means that I just have to um, kind of be a very, be very patient you know um, and learn to surrender and realize that it will happen when the time is right and the if I just keep pushing and keep pushing with all that fire in my 10th house, sun and Mars, um, I'm just going to burn out. And I'm not going to even, even if I do achieve what I want to achieve, it's not even going to feel good because I'm going to be drained and tired, you know. And so very recently I let go of my meditation website, you know, six months ago or so. And I was so attached to that, you know, I was so I worked so hard on it, you know, four years of just absolute mm. grinding. And honestly, when I let go of it, it was a bit sad, but mainly it just felt it felt like a, a relief, you know, like the, a weight off my shoulders because <clears throat> I'd been, you know, there was so much on that website. And I was really holding on to it, trying to make it work. Um, but it was just too hard. It was too much work with I was probably only helping you know a couple of people here and there with the odd um you know meditation and, and weekly classes and stuff like that so yeah it was just it felt like a, a kind of release and a relief when I was able to let that go yeah and and I think too what I love what I loved about the reading that you gave me and what we're talking about here is is that you are a great teacher I don't know if you know that about yourself. 
but you. you are you're um very gifted in being able to walk through things that are conceptually very abstract and making them very tangible and i think that that's really powerful especially for what you're being drawn to in this work of astrology mm. yeah and that's that's really um I think that's that's you know that's really important you know to be able to do that I'm not sure I'm always capable able to do it because sometimes I'm explaining stuff and I'm like this sounds really complicated I'm talking about all these numbers and houses and stuff but hopefully I make it clear enough but I think the ultimate thing about astrology you know an astrology reading the most important thing as an astrologer for me to keep in mind is how do I help this person you know I'm not here to like show off and like tell people how much I know about you that, yeah, that's bull that's bullshit it's about me sitting with a person and saying look how can we help you move towards the things that you want to do and um and ultimately to um connect more deeply with your soul because to me that's the most important mm. the most important thing about life is like we're moving towards enlightenment you know um and I have a, a guru to kind of to guide me in that way. Um, but a lot of people don't. And um, I'm no guru, but I hope that I can just help people in small ways to move towards what they want to do in this world, you know. And so, for example, for you, I would look at that Rahu in the 10th house and I would say, you know, move towards that. You, you kind of have to move towards that. And that's your career, your action. I would never say to you, don't do that because that's important to you that's the sole calling for you you know you you have to move towards action in this world and you have to let go a little bit of that fourth house of home and mother even though that's painful um but again i would i would try to help you by helping you attain that right balance between the inner happiness and the inner peace and then your goals and your um the things that you want to achieve yeah and that's beautiful what a beautiful calling for you too like that's mm, I love that so much um there's something I did want to ask you about too there was a point in there in what you sent me to that talked about like financial prosperity and I'm curious about that how do you tell something like that from someone's chart well, tell me, uh, do you remember what I said about it? Or? You said that I would probably experience more financial prosperity, I think, in like four or five years, I think is what you said. And you said to be careful because um, there was some kind of energy, maybe Mars energy, um, where that um, could, could tend to become cruel or ruthless like in mm. that way mm, yeah mars can do that uh to, to to see to see finances in a chart um there are there are two main houses um so there is the second house which deals with our ability to meet our needs you know so it's kind of the money money that we can that we can get and uh, how we kind of look after ourselves really and and to get resources and then the 11th house which is the second from the 10th which means that it's the resources that we get from our career it's essentially the money we make from our career so I can look at those two houses and I can see what's going on there and um, 
and and think about the the planetary placements in your birth chart but also the transits through those charts and what that what that might mean i think the reason i may have said that is because your 11th house again is aquarius and aquarius is ruled by saturn and so saturn again tends to move more slowly as we said this the slow moving planet but saturn matures at the age of 36 so um when we're 36 some of those delays and some of those more difficult slow moving karmas begin to get released a little bit um and you've got your moon in the 11th house of, of income and money um so it's something that you're probably emotionally invested in and you know you want that it's you know um you're connected to that it's something that's important for you um but you you also have this saturn aspect so at 36 like I said, some of this karma is uh, released and then we're more able to achieve those things that we want to achieve. Um, that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm not sure if there was something else that I was, that I was looking at um, last time, but it's, it's possible. I, was, I could have been looking at some transits and stuff as well, which I'm not looking at right now. I'm just looking at your birth chart. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's interesting. Uh, for me too, I mean, finances as a whole, um, I've been captivated for the last several years about creating a different kind of relationship with wealth for myself and knowing there's kind of a knowing in there. I come from a pretty religious background and there's a lot of dogma within um, Christianity around wealth and wealth almost being evil. And so there's been a lot of paradigms that I've had to address for myself and I feel like I'll be leading other people through that as well. Um, since I've had to, it's still very much something that I'm working through, but the area of finances and wealth and, um, and as I said earlier, like being an example of how to do that and being open and transparent with what that looks like. Um, it's just been a very fascinating area. So I was just curious um, around what that meant within the chart or how you would be able to see something like that yeah and how how's it going you know um in that regard yeah slow yeah. <laughs> but um you know there was a point at the beginning of this year when i started to address some of that and it was almost like the floodgates opened and i recognized there i had this idea around debt um again the challenger in me was almost i never thought i would have debt and um, when I, the bulk of the debt that I've accrued has actually come from investing in myself through getting coaching for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I don't regret any of it, but the belief that I was holding on to was that I'm okay with debt. Like I'm fine with debt. And so I realized I'm like, well, I'm just holding on to my debt saying it's cool. I'm good with it. And I was like, well, what if I could actually pay down the debt? and still be okay with having debt. <laughs> so there was this idea and uh, floodgates opened in a way. And so that was interesting um, because it was almost like I was restricting that. And then there's another piece of this too. I've been reading a book called I'll Teach You to Be Rich. And- um, um, Wait, I will teach you. Oh, by Ramit Sethi. Yes. Yeah, have you read yeah, okay. it? I have. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm still at the beginning of it, but I'm like fascinated because like I've been chewing on this for a couple of weeks. He says that's over about 70% of Americans 
um, say that they have no credit card debt, but 75% of the credit card companies report that over 75% of Americans have credit card debt and that people who, that people will be more likely to talk to you about their sex life than their finances. And I find that fascinating (laughs) because I think I'm drawn to why are we so ashamed? Like, what is that there? Like, it's very interesting to me. Um, So it's something that I'm very activated around right now. Yeah. Um, There's another book. I don't know if you know, it's called Think and Grow Rich Mm -hmm. by Napoleon Hill. Have you read that one? Yes, I have, but I need to, it's been years. And so I need to go back and read it as well. Yeah. Um, Ram and Sethi, I I was, I, um, I was on his email list for a while. I did read some of his like uh, books and emails and stuff, but he's again, he's like a, a very, uh, what we were talking about earlier on with the whole male female thing, you know, he's a very male kind of person. And I really don't, I don't connect with that energy so much and he's quite um critical of like mm. yoga yogic teachings and and all of that and like meditation and so on so i didn't really um fully connect with with that i unsubscribed in the end but i do think he's a i do think he's actually he's a very um highly regarded um high level business teacher isn't he so well i heard him on tom billy's podcast um Oh gosh, I can't remember what it's called right now, but I was very, um, I loved how he challenged a lot of narratives around like a honeymoon, for example, he talked about, you know, most people will take, uh, two weeks and he was like, but that's not what I wanted to do. We wanted to fly our family and experience something. And I think they did like a six month honeymoon because they could, and they just traveled the world. And that was, I'm like, that is so inspiring. Like to be able to have the kind of financial ability to be able to do that and have, so that's really fascinating, but that's what I, I don't know. I, I, I liked that. And I think too, it's interesting. I'll have to consider too. I wonder what more energy I'm drawn to. I feel like I, there's a divide there for me. Like I'm between, drawn to both. Mm-hmm. When you talk about masculine the, and. Oh, I see. And the feminine. Mm. I think, and I've felt this and I don't know if this is true. Like if you can tell that from my chart or not, but I feel like I lead more from a masculine place. Um, and maybe that's because of that aggression. I don't know. Your chart in terms of male, female is fairly balanced. Um, the, the odd signs are the male signs. That's Aries, Gemini, Leo, and so on. And then the even signs are the, are the more feminine signs. Um, and so you've got, got kind of, you've got kind of four or five planets in both, you know, so it looks to be, to be fairly balanced. Um, your moon is in Aquarius, which is a, a male sign. And the moon is very important for the, for the mind. Uh, and also actually your ascendant. So really the two most important um, aspects in that regard are, are male, because you've got Aries and then Aquarius, which are both male signs. So that could be maybe why you more connect with that masculine, you know, that masculine energy. Um, in terms of making, 
well helping people with like making money the 11th house which is where your moon is in aquarius um and in and aquarius deals with this as well they deal with networks and, and other people but it also deals with um with like we said like money with finances um and so that would make sense that you feel connected to um helping people with financial you know stuff if that's something that you're drawn to um, that's probably coming from the fact that your moon is there in the 11th house of kind of gains and and making money that's interesting yeah because there's definitely been more of a shift for me and that could go along with you said something about liking new things mm. um because there for a while it was mostly mindset like the psychology of how people work and are wired and it's not that I feel like I've mastered that I think there's always room to learn but I feel myself being pulled almost in like a new direction which I'm excited about I enjoy the novelty of that so well then let me tell you a good time for that because I can see that so you're in a, um, a Jupiter period right now it's about an 18 year period but it's divided into sub periods and you're going into a Jupiter moon period in March next year. So that's, that's pretty soon, actually. Uh, you know, it's only in like seven or eight months. And that goes on for about a year and four months, that period. So the moon is in the 11th house, like we said, of, you know, gains, making money, helping people to make money. And then Jupiter uh, also can indicate expansion of wealth. Um, and Jupiter aspects, we talked about the aspects, there's a ninth aspect on the 11th house and on the moon. So your Jupiter moon period starts in uh, 27th of March next year. And so I think that could be a good time to get into, um, at least start thinking about uh, shifting and, and maybe even gain, gaining some success and wealth through teaching people about those things. Mm, that's exciting. That's not very far off. You know, I That's like not... that energy, that speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, nothing's set in stone, but it's just like these are indicative, you know, they're, they're good times that you could do something like that. And a Jupiter moon period is, is a really nice time, actually, especially um, when Jupiter aspects your moon in the natal chart. Uh, something else I was going to say to you is that you were going through a Jupiter Venus period. 2019 2020 and so because venus rules the second and seventh and is placed in the eighth that couldn't that can be that can show kind of some loss you know losing someone or something so um i just is there any like was there anything that happened during those years that was kind of like you know something that you uh, that you lost um did you say 2019 2020 mm -hmm. Yes, my dad died last year. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yes, yes. So, close? yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was um, my best friend. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sorry to hear that. It's uh, These things are very um, difficult, but they're also... You know they're there in the chart they're almost like things uh, moments that were always going to uh, happen that way to unfold that way uh, big moments like that um, and I suppose all we can do is try to kind of learn and grow through them um, but obviously we'll be grieving as well 
Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's been, this is my first real dance with grief. I haven't, mm. I've lost um, a grandparent. That's pretty much the closest loss to me outside of this one. Um, mm. But I was looking back at a few notes. This was a couple months ago and I wrote down some of the fears that I had. And this was before he died. But that was on the list was that my dad would die. And mm. so um, again, having to face that has been hard. And how are you doing with it now? Um, it comes and it goes, it comes in waves. Mm. I think, I think that I'm still trying to wrap my head around it in some ways. Mm. Um, the biggest piece or the big, the hardest part for me in the process is knowing that like I can tell other people about him but no one will be able to experience him in, anymore like physically and that's hard it's been a gift for me to have interactions with people who have heard me speak about him or who know him and say well you sound just like him and that's been such a gift for me because that means a lot um but there's still uh I feel like there will be a sadness probably for the rest of my life around that. I don't know how there couldn't be. Um, I'm not locked into that. Um, I'm not, you know, but I just, I think um, I'll just always want more time. Mm. Yeah, and it's still early days. And I liked um, the way you said your first dance with grief you know I've only had um, glimpses really like you before grandparents pets and so on but never anyone so close mm -hmm. as that you know so yeah so it's been um it's definitely been any time in my life and this goes along with I think that house um it's been very much there's been comfort in knowing that, well, what I'm going through is useful because I can relate to other people who are walking through hard things. And so um, at least through all of these processes of learning of what that looks like and how to have grace um, in some ways of not being able to function too, in some ways that we're used to, because um, sometimes that productivity gets waylaid because all of a sudden, a lot of people will talk about grief coming in waves, and that's that's been accurate in my own experience. You can't yeah. predict when they'll happen. Um, and for me too, a lot of times people talk about like holidays being hard. And what I've found now, and again, it's just as you go through it, you learn about yourself. Is it's usually right before or right after. It's not the day of. And I don't know if that's also because when I'm going through a holiday or an experience, I'm around other people. So I feel very like led to just move forward instead of really being honest around how I'm feeling. Um, so that's just been, um, that's been comforting, I guess, to know that at least in this way, um, 
I can talk about my experience and hopefully normalize to the process of not knowing <laughs> some days mm. how you're feeling and that's okay too yeah right and it's like um I think it's it's a process isn't it you go through like you said waves but there's all kinds of different kind of um stages I guess of, of the process but um yeah I think um you know maybe Yogananda or, or someone else said a, a good life is not an easy life you know no no uh no one who's got an easy life can really achieve that much and when you've got sixth house energy going on like that the unfortunate reality is that we have to undergo some pretty tough times off ourselves first because first we have to heal ourselves, and only then are we capable of healing other people you know how can we heal other people when we've not even been through it ourselves so um, that's that karma you know and again the, the sixth house is an upachaya house one of these um houses that grows over time and you've got a lot of energy in those upachaya houses so again it's like you you've got some stuff going on early on in your life um but there's it's not just for no reason you know it's for a purpose and that purpose is that you have come to help other people go through and and support them through um the stuff that you've been through and, and more well thank you i appreciate that and i really appreciate our conversation if someone wants to connect with you and speak with you about this, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, well, um, like I said, I, I had a meditation website, but uh, I don't yet have an astrology website, uh, but I do have an email. So if anyone is interested to, in getting a reading or just like chatting with me, um, they can email me. Um, it is simply astrologywithnick at gmail.com astrology with nick at gmail.com and i don't know about much about this too but do you ever do like relationship readings too i know we we've we've discussed this maybe several months ago i'd asked about the prospect mm -hmm. so i don't i don't remember what you responded with i think my response was probably something along the lines of um i would be able to look at your chart and look at relationships in your chart i would be able to look at another person's chart but to do the compatibility analysis it requires an understanding which i have not yet really studied you know it's a it's a whole uh, area in itself and it's not an area that i feel most drawn to um, but I probably will do it at some point um, uh, be because, um, you know, it, to be honest, it's like that's one of the main things people want to know about, really. You know, um, it's money or honey. It's your like uh, your job and work or your relationships. Um, but no, right now I wouldn't I wouldn't do a compatibility analysis. I could just look at the two charts and give you an indication of your own relationship with relationships, how you do in relationships, how you get on there. Yeah, well. Um, yeah, because I, I know that my uh, my boyfriend's going to want to talk to you after he listens, because he I don't think he listened to my recording or we may have tried. Because I think that was around. I think that was around November, October. Actually, of last year, because 
um, yeah, I was dealing a lot with that loss too. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I remember the specific car ride where I tried to have him listen. I was just not in a good place. I think I'd come to a place too, where I just took it all out on him. So, but he, um, he's a very curious person too, and loves learning. So he'll be excited and yeah great let him know and uh if he feels drawn to it then let him know that um you can send me an email anytime you know yes yeah well is there anything else you want to add or speak to before we wrap up no i don't think so i think we've covered everything um i hope people can kind of get a feel get a feel for um you know the nature of astrology it gets a bad rap you know you get these kind of um newspaper horoscope things that are very limited and and people can't really you know and it's it's quite easy to condemn those because they're pretty useless to be honest because all of their all they're doing is looking at sun signs you know the sun sign is like leo and that's going to happen but an astrology chart is so much more complex than that it's so profound and deep um, and we have to look at all of the aspects in order to kind of draw conclusions and just making conclusions based on the sun it, it is quite limited Um, but there's this whole scope and the astrology of India is a bit more spiritual you know this is Vedic astrology is what I'm talking about here and that's from the Vedas which is the Indian scriptures and um, so it's a bit more spiritual it um, presupposes reincarnation you've had past lives and current lives um, and it it talks largely about our karma so, um, you know, if people are interested in, in, in learning about their own karma and, and what's uh, going on for them, then, you know, let me know or find another really great astrologer. There's, there's a lot out there, you know. Well, you're, you're a humble, but yes, reach out to Nick. He's your first stop. <laughs> so thank you again for being here with me. I really, really enjoyed um, speaking with you live too. This has been nice to connect with you through video. Yeah, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And I can uh, come back anytime, you know, I can speak about astrology for hours. So no problem. That would be awesome. Yeah, we'll (laughs) do another one. Cool. Take care. Thanks so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed having you along for the ride. And if you want to stay in touch, because you also hate goodbyes like me, um, you can head over to Instagram. That's where I hang out some. My handle's just at Evelyn Fusen. I'd love to connect with you there. Um, and again, I'd love to hear from you by email if you just want to share something that you know resonated with you or you took away from the episode. I love hearing from you. And finally, if you are enjoying the show and it's something that you feel led to do, I would love for you to leave a review for me wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does help get the word out about this podcast. And um, yeah, I would just love to have more people as part of this conversation. I really, really am grateful for you. So until next time.